previously on We Are More Than the Podcast. I got back. It was, hey, you guys need to check this out. Oh and my gosh, I love so you. It, it kind of, <laughs> it, it just blew up from there as far as, you know, things. And then I saw, you know, Degrassi and then I was like, oh, okay, cool. Then your TED Talk popped up. And I'm like, <laughs> a comedian doing a TED Talk. Let's see how this goes. And you were touching on fear. Um, for a lack fear, of better words, fear, keeping mm-hmm. people not moving forward or, you know, those kind of explanations as it pertains to it. And if you guys get an opportunity, check out the TED Talk. It's what, 12 minutes? I want to yeah, say. It's not long. Yeah, not long at all. Remember. It's extremely <laughs> informative. Um, it, it, it pushes your your thought bubbles as well and it kind of makes you self-assess what presented the opportunity for you to to do TED Talk you know so a lot of people don't know this about me before I got into entertainment and performing stand-up comedy and acting um I had my own life coaching company. I'm a certified professional life coach. And um, I worked with a lot of, a lot of, I mean, it's kind of part of who I am is Mm -hmm. this like, I'm an encourager. I'm like a performer. I'm, I'm like um, a cheerleader. I really, really believe in everybody. And I really believe we're all united in one. And through that, that area of my life, I was asked by someone who I knew who was in charge of finding people for Ted talks, if I would be interested. And I remember kind of being like, what would I talk about? I don't know. Like there's nothing I'm saying that's like new, you know, but he was like, it doesn't have to be new. It just has to be coming from you and has to be something you believe. And so I was trying to figure out what would be like the message. And I thought I was like, maybe this or maybe that. And I legit was like freaking out because I had so many different ideas that I was like, that's not good. That's not right. That's not good. And eventually I was like, Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll talk about failure. I'll talk about this fear, this absolute terror we have to fail because that's literally what I'm going through right now. I'm scared I'm going to do a bad talk and no one's going to like it, you know? And so then I just like talked about different times of my life where you, you know, you had, I had to um, be okay with this idea of failing or I had to try something new or I had to feel the fear and, and do it anyway type stuff. And it's funny because even now when I look back on it, um, I'm always so surprised because I get a lot of people who talk to me about it and they're like, you know, teachers who have used it in their classrooms, people who've shared it to friends, like people, it's like really touched a lot of people. And there's, it's so surprising to me to watch it now because I should go back and watch it again because I haven't <laughs> seen it in a while, but it feels like it's not me Hold up. because I remember the guy who kind of recruited me to do this talk he was very much like you have to speak slower and I was I'm a very fast talker when I get excited when I'm passionate about something I'm like and then this and then that and then this you know and I use my hands and I'm very like animated and he was like you gotta calm that down because otherwise people are gonna get lost in the message so when I watch it now sometimes I'm like I think the message is good but I wish I were more myself. And I kind of, is like the most ironic thing ever because I'm like, oh man, I failed. Well, I learned something from it, you know, (laughs) like just always push through and be yourself. But yeah, it's, it's this funny thing. Like I kind of forget I did it and people bring it up a lot. And I was like, 
Oh yeah. I'm, I'm really proud that I did that actually. It's so outside of the box of what people know me as now, but it's very much in keeping with who I am and like the core of who I am as a human being. So uh, yeah, it's something I'm super proud of. Yeah. See, and when I was watching it, I watched it from, because my introduction to you was the comedian mm-hmm. and I watched it <laughs> from that lens. And then me looking at it from that lens, I go, oh, no, you know, these are like she's she's really about this. Like this is this is the life and this is how she got to where it is that she is now. And then I look and I go, wait a minute, this is dated (laughs) (laughs) after this is dated. And then that's when I did the let's Google Aisha. (laughs) And then I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Wait a a minute. minute. Wait, this, wait a minute. This, this commit. Oh, okay. So this happened first. So this is who yeah. she was building up into becoming. That's yeah. To me, that was awesome. Um, Can I just go back to and just say, yeah, sure. I think I feel like I skipped over the fact that you just said such beautiful things about how hard the pandemic was and how like that's really touching to me. And it really is like, like deeply appreciated to hear that that had an impact that was positive and good because I think a lot of people like I had just given birth Mm -hmm. when I recorded that album. And then, you know, shortly after I released it and that was when the pandemic had shut everything down because I released it in May of 2020. And I was going through what I now realize was postpartum depression at that time. So, um, not during the filming of it, but like afterward when the pandemic hit and it was just very isolating. So like I had this comedy album out that was like joyful and happy and jokes and all this stuff. And meanwhile, I was like sitting at home, very alone with like a newborn, which is already very isolating and can feel very lonely and feel very like heavy and like hard on the body. I was breastfeeding, you know, and it was like, I would then do these, promotion podcasts where I would have to like pull everything together and be on there like, yeah, and then I would be exhausted for the rest. Like it was such a, so it was very funny to me that like, you know, this thing that was causing joy and it was a joyful, fun, I'm silly as a comedian. Like it was Mm -hmm. silly. And I was sitting at home like, like breastfeeding, just like crying, you know? So it's a, it's a very, it's like very therapeutic for me to hear that because I feel like, Again, I felt like a bit of an imposter at the time because I was like, oh, I'm going through that same stuff that everyone else is going through right now, but I have to like pull it together and make it seem like this album's great. I'm so happy. Everything's easy. Everything's going to be okay when like, you know, it really wasn't. So it kind of helped me get through it too. But hearing that kind of stuff is really beautiful for me and makes me feel like, oh, it was all worth it. It was not like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but indeed it was. And like like I said... um, we had just put out, cause I, I do music as well. We had just put out a compilation or we were getting completed with the compilation and we had already set the dates and everything. So, and I'm the strong friend. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's all jokes, it's all laughs. People ask me, you know, what are you gonna do about work or whatnot? And I'm like, mm, you know, it is what it is. Not my door. Like I'm, I'm always the King Say face. And mm-hmm. it was in those moments, the door closes, people leave and I'm like, like yeah yeah and i'm completely drained um 
you know, talking to God and just being quiet, like, hey, you, you gonna say something back anytime? anytime soon? <laughs> Bruh, man, you ever been in a place where it's been so quiet that you can hear the silence? It just sounds like a ringing. And I'm like, oh, this is this is this is really doing a number on me. Yeah. And again, I turned on YouTube because I was just trying to figure out a few things, just figuring out whether or not I wanted to continue with the pod. Um the George Floyd thing just happened. And my mom was telling me that that's the same way that her uncle was mm-hmm. murdered and just kind of replaying all of these things. And I'm, I was in a, a place, not depression, yeah. but depressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it was one joke after another, after another. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, who is this? Chick? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's literally, I, like when you say things out loud that you're that you're thinking it, but you say it out loud, there's no one else in the room. And I'm like, yo, who is this chick? She said, I shat, and you know, it's like shit in past tense. And I'm I'm like, okay, she's she's funny. And then I'm looking and I'm like, okay, let's 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 see how this how this goes. And then it just snowballed from there. So yeah, you've you've got a definitely got a fan in me when the book happens yeah. or you know. You go on tour and you're close to South Carolina. I like to fly and travel. So when you go yes. on tour, I'll be out there just like I'm I'm a huge fan. Huge yeah. fan. Oh, um, thank you. So much so. You do have a show on Peacock. The only reason why I watched the show was because you were on the, you're on the <laughs> show. <laughs> oh, so y'all check it out. Um, <laughs> and if they give Oscars out for best dress, um, <laughs> That gold dress that you had. Right. Right. I will tell you, I mean, I can't promote the show right now because of our strikes, but I will, I will shout out our wardrobe was Uh on point. Our hair and makeup was on point. When I went to the premiere um, party as well, it was uh, Ursula Simpson who did my hair for the whole show Uh and she did my hair for that. And it was like the first time in my life being like a black woman on a set where anybody cared about okay. black women's hair. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, on set yeah, often sure. they'll just like, I have natural curly hair. I kind of sit down and they go, oh yeah, that, yeah, that's good. That's fine. Like they, nobody wants to touch it. No one wants to get their hands in it. And Ursula would message me and she'd be like, all right, girl, what hair am I buying? What are we doing? What look are we going? We would be exchanging back and forth in different looks. And she, she made me look amazing. My makeup person, Cassie, like always had my, like at that time too, I was going through like a lot of hormonal changes because I had just stopped breastfeeding. So I had all this acne that I've never had before. And like, I don't think anyone could tell when they were watching the, you know what I mean? I was like, Cassie did me right. So the wardrobe did me right. Like, I was like, I felt like a million bucks for that show. So mm-hmm. big shout out to them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like who, whoever, like I said, I'm gonna say it again and babe, I'm sorry, but you just got to hear this. Bruh. Um, cause my wife's in Mexico city right now. And okay. she'll be back. <laughs> we were watching the show together. And oh. <laughs> she left and I'm like, I miss you, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna just continue the show. Whoever put you in the gold, I would like, it was, I was on the phone with my sister last night and I go, damn, damn, sis, you need to check out all this episode. <laughs> this time, <stay. laughs> I'm sorry. Marianne CO, that's wardrobe head. She did is like I actually found recently in Googling myself, uh, <laughs> I found a site that does like 
do you want to wear what this character wore in this show? And so my character is oh. Carolyn and it's like, wear what Carolyn wore. And that dress was 100% one right. of the ones and it was sold out. I was like, let me see if I can, you know, but yeah, I yeah. love it. That was, that's cool. So let me ask you, are you, um, what are you passionate about? I mean, really what I'm passionate about is like, <laughs> it's not, not that it's not comedy and acting and all these things, but I'm passionate about what I'm driven by is like equity in the world and fun and joy. Um, So all of that stuff is for me reflected in the things that I do. Okay. You know, people say like, Oh, do you want to be more of a stand-up comedian? Do you want to be more of an actor or writer? But like, I want to do those things, all those things because they are all outlets for me to pursue my, what I'm passionate about in the world. So when I write, I want to write from a perspective of a black woman, right? Who has had these experiences because I'm not seeing that. And we're not getting represented in, our, in, like our, in the ways that I would like myself to see on screen and behind screen. When I'm acting, this last role I had was like brilliant because it was very much my voice, like, you know, in a different lens kind of thing. But being able to fight for that stuff through my acting, um, and then for stand up, you know, I get to say whatever I want on stage. Unless saying? someone has a big hook and pulls me off, I have my time to say what I want. So it's this space where I get to like have fun and create fun, but also like speak to the things that I think are unfair or unequitable or my experiences. Um, and I think that comedy and art and creativity are really the ways that we do all the hard stuff, right? Like all these hard conversations we have to be having about race and gender and sexuality and all this stuff, um, socioeconomic like differences. We're not going to get to the middle point and find solutions by yelling at each other. Right. Nobody wants to be yelled at. Nobody wants to be made to feel like they're doing something wrong or like they're stupid. But like, even if they are stupid, but like, you know, like the way that you get there is by creating something like something that we can all enjoy together, whether that's laughing together, whether that's seeing art that inspires us or creates emotion together. Um, just, and it's okay to have differences, but you know, I see at some of my shows in the audience for stand up, there are people who are all different races, all different ages, all different backgrounds. And they're laughing at the same stuff, you know, like that's not, that's such a, an international universal language is laughter and something being funny. Um, someone once told me that they're like, Things that are international are music, food, and fart jokes. And I was like, I think there is something to that. (laughs) If you have a show where you beat people, there's good music, and you tell jokes that people can relate to, and fart jokes everyone can relate to, there is just like, there's something that really unites people in that. So it's really, I feel so lucky and grateful that I get to pursue my passions through something that's enjoyable. You know, my husband, like I said, he's a social justice lawyer. Mm -hmm. He's making the world a better place on the other side of it, where he's just always frustrated and he's in like lawsuits and all this stuff where he's getting the short end of the stick. I get to be having fun doing it, which is really who I am and what I want to do with my life. I got you. Yeah. How are the kids? They're good. Aww. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old for anybody who doesn't know me. Did y'all hear um, how soft her voice got? And <laughs> watch this, did you see her posture change? I'm a huge nonverbal communication person. And you got so you got so soft just now. <laughs> you know what's funny? It's like I have such a big 
personality uh-huh. and I have big energy and I'm very public with like everything in my life. And my kids is the one place where I'm not as public and I'm uh-huh. very like protective. So I think that's why I'm like, okay, like, it's like, I'm so, you know, um, but yeah, I never really thought I was going to be a mom. So it's this really new, wonderful adventure that I'm on. Um, and you have kids, I'm sure you feel the same way where I never thought I I was going to be a mom, but like now that I am, I can't imagine that like these kids were bespoke made for me. You know what I mean? Like they're like so perfect for exactly like who I I want in my life and the most important things in my life are my two kids. And then a second, second place is my husband, you know, like I, I, I love him. He needs to be there too, but like my kids trump everybody. Right. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely understand uh, where you're coming from. It's a little different in my situation. I've got two bonus kids and oh, okay. I've got, um, I'm, I'm dad to my niece and nephew. Um, my, my sister passed away in 2008, my family, we adopted, uh, we we adopted them. So they, they're my kids. Yeah. I'm still waiting on, uh, a mini me, KO Jr. (laughs) Someone that just follows me around. I'm trying to go to the bathroom. They got their fingers underneath the door. Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) Standing in there with me. Like I, I want to get to the point and I want to feel the frustration, which my, my niece and nephew, my son and daughter. They did that to me, um, where it was just dad, 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 dad. And I'm like, call Jesus, Robert. like, leave me, <laughs> leave me alone. Um, but I, I, I want that from like the mannerisms of, of seeing how they move and what they say, the facial expressions that they're making. I've, that's the, that's my, my passion project. That's, it. <laughs> yeah, that's your passion project. I like that's my it. passion project. Yeah. So, uh, but I I like seeing parents light up, um, especially when you you lit up and you said, you know, you never thought that you would be a mom, and then now you're here and you're yeah. like, <laughs> I like I it's love like it, so. I always joke I joke about how I'm like I reluctantly identify as a mother what? because <laughs> for so long. I, that wasn't something I wanted, you know? And then when I, I never wanted to be married. I was like actively like, I do not want to get married. Uh-huh. And then I met my husband and six months into dating, it was like someone while I was sleeping flipped a switch. And I woke up one day and was like, oh, this is my person for life. Right. Like, and, and I had to come, like, I had to reconcile with that because I was like, part of my identity was that I was never getting married. It was not the thing for me, you know? And so I wrestled with it. Like, I was like, no, but you don't want to get married. You're a person who, you're the kind of person who doesn't want to get married. But like, meanwhile, my heart's like, marry this man. You know, it's like, you must do this. And so we got married and then we got pregnant on our honeymoon. So like, I went from being like a person who did not want to get married to being married and having a kid and then having another kid during the pandemic. But like, yeah, it's, it's just when you, when it's there, when it happens, it's like, you, and it's true that actually scientifically your brain physically changes when you become pregnant and then when you birth a child or even, you don't even have to birth it. It happens with dads who spend a lot of time with their kids and it happens with people who adopt kids. It doesn't have to be from your body, but like there's a physical change in your brain. And so like I changed as a human being and all of a sudden I'm like, 
all right, fine. My most proud moment is my kids. Like having the good, fine. You know, I'm like, fine. I'm, I love being a mom. Okay, fine. You know, I'm like, I'd rather do that than anything else else in the world. Fine. I'll admit it. You know, like that's my it, takes, it takes over. You cannot control it, you know? <laughs> so I'm a, my, my imagination is crazy. When you were like, you know, a, a switch flipped and you were like, marry this man. All I could see is the Kermit the Frog? Um, <laughs> he puts the dark hood on. Dark That's, hood. <laughs> it was like that, but it was like a white veil. You know what I mean? Like in this version. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I bet you, I bet you, you don't want none. I look out. You know you're messing with the wrong ones. Now 